This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Warby Parker. It's a glasses that you wear. It's true. It is a glasses that you wear. And you can get a home try-on of five frames for five days for free by going to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs. Nice. You can try so many looks. Try those looks. Start a Howard Hughes-themed podcast <laughs> where we just deliberately don't clean this studio between episodes. Uh-huh. And then eventually one milk jar full of yellow fluid appears <laughs> ominously <laughs> and very conspicuously. <laughs> Show me all the boy bites. Show, Show me all the boy bites. <laughs> Show me the boy bites? Show me the boy bites. Show me all the boy bites. Show me the boy bites. Show me all 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 the boy bites. <laughs> I can't remember anything else in that other than morph boy bites. Uh, bullfly? Bullfly. Uh, bullfly? Bullfly. Bullfly. Show me all the boy bites. Bullfly? Boy right. bite? Bullfly. <laughs> bullfly. Boy we're, bite? We're not doing this. Morph boy, boy, boy bite. <laughs> it's October 5th. 2017. And this is important if true. Model Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Welcome. I feel welcome, Chris, with that warm greeting. Your warmest greeting of all time. It's my job to give you the warmest greeting. Jake, come here and let me give you a warm, warm greeting. I do not want you to give me that. I thought you loved a warm greeting. I Uh, thought that because you said it just now. (laughs) (laughs) Little did I know. Prefer a, a cold greeting. Viewers, viewers at home, Google McDonald's warmest greetings, and now we will move on. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> I want to start this episode by correcting an absolutely unbelievable omission. A crime that we that you and I committed last week? A crime yeah. of omission? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the... Notion of babysitting your ten-year-old oh, self. Fuck off. <laughs> okay, so you now now you remember what, mm-hmm. what this took is me a about. while. Uh, so <laughs> we talked about the notion of babysitting your ten-year-old self, completely, uh, entirely omitting the fact that Jake and I both intended to bring up and entirely failed to do, which is that one of us has actually had this experience. In life, Nick Brecken uh-huh. has experienced this phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, it's true. This was like two or three years ago. <laughs> yeah. You and I were at Disneyland. We were. With our partners. And we we got on a uh, the Grizzly River Rapids ride. It's like a water ride where you, you get into big a water. big kind of like massive sort of inner tube with a bunch of seats you know, ar- arrayed in a, uh, radially ar- around it, the mm-hmm. uh, inner edge, and you just go down a big kind of, you know, you go tubing river. Yeah, you go tubing down through a, some rapids. You go down a waterfall rapids, and you yeah. s- slam around. Exactly, and, and water sprays at you and you scream. Yeah, big water spray. And uh, we got Sarah and I got on, and then I don't remember exactly how this happened, but I think <laughs> oh, J- I do. Janelle, I think, got on, uh-huh. and then you were kind of like getting on at the same moment that this kid was getting well, he, on. So you know, it's like any any theme park situation, or 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 like, um, for instance, like skiing when you have a chairlift. There's always a single rider line. Yeah, yeah, and that was definitely in play. I don't actually think I don't remember if it was a single rider line, but this kid was definitely a single rider. There's mm. always sort of like. 
a weird ripple next to where you board that might have sort of a hole into another time or dimension, sort of yeah. just a shimmering yeah. sort of tear. Which we call and the single rider line. Yes. <laughs> and instead of for some reason like making a motion or saying something mm. to say, oh, I, I, you know, that's my girl, I'm going to sit next to my girlfriend, you sort of just awkwardly like fidgeted and then this kid got on after Janelle in front of you. Yeah. And then you, and then I think someone else got on too and then you got on or, or before him or something. I don't remember exactly how it panned out. But anyway, you got on after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you ended up sitting not next to any of us, yeah. but next to this kid who looked like he was about, I don't know, I would say probably about 10. Yeah. Right? 10, 10, or, 10 or 11. 10 or 11. I was yeah. going to say 11, yeah. And uh, there is a photograph that we actually used without any explanation as the episode art for last week's episode of Important If True and we'll put the we'll actually di- link directly to the unfiltered original yeah. photograph on this week in the description. If you read the description, we'll have it in there. And it's amazing because what it documents is Nick Brecken at Disney California Adventure on the Grizzly River Rapids ride, sitting next to what appears to be and surely is a ten-year-old version of himself. It's incredible. Yeah, you, well, you aggressively again. We, uh, this is a, an uh, important if true story that puts the lead like beyond the 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 like <laughs> at, like in the three stories later. This kid looks exactly like Nick. He looks exactly. This like kid Nick looks Brecken. exactly well, like a child. It looks like it so looks you like have the same hair and hair. I have color, no idea what you actually look like as a little face, kid, Nick. You're but wearing similar like, glasses. If if a casting director was told yes, find sure. a find yeah. a ten year old Nick Brecken and there was just sent you, yeah. And that kid like walked by the window of their office. They'd be like, hold on, and like jump up and grab that kid yeah. and yeah. say, sit down right now next to Nick Brecken on this rapids ride and make him think that he's babysitting and, you. And he was the kid was alone, mm-hmm. and he was carrying a like big SLR camera case yes. that he was sort of clutching yes. protectively to his chest. Uh, he was like looking around nervously, sort of mm. neurotically, like inspecting his surroundings yeah. the whole time. And the one thing I ever remember this kid uttering is when we got to the edge of the biggest drop, this huge waterfall, this kid like sort of clutches his camera close to his chest, looks around and goes, oh, geez. (laughs) And then we plunge over. And the photograph of the two of you is amazing because you're both (laughs) making the same expression where you're kind of like puffing your cheeks out a bit and just you have that look of just like... Well, mm. well, guess mm. this is this so. Is. So what's funny is my gut reaction. I didn't actually react to the question uh, when this when this yeah. uh, was recorded. You know, the, the the question was originally posed. Uh, but in the back of my head, if it was sort of my turn to speak, what I was going to say because I thought through it, I was like, all right, what yeah. would I say to my ten year old self without having thought of this picture or right. this incident? Yeah, my gut reaction was I would ho- hold him in contempt. And he would hold me in contempt, and we would both, <laughs> and that was what I was going to say. I had a whole right. thing about yeah. just like how you would probably like going, we would have problems with each other, but then secretly <laughs> we would there, therefore be essentially the bond. same personality. You know, I mean, like yeah, we'd be, yeah exactly. We have a bond in, in sort of hating each other, 
and like a silent, like self, a silent self bond of solidarity. Yes. It's like yes. externalized self loathing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, and like yeah. And then, and then <laughs> that picture was unearthed, and I realized that's exactly that what that's, literally- that's actually what that's actually what happened. So so maybe it was that. Maybe it happened. <laughs> maybe dreams do come true. <laughs> Or nightmares. <laughs> anyway. Your deepest truths. Yeah. <laughs> Important if true. Just a little bit of that Disney magic. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sprinkle a little yeah. pixie dust <laughs> over your vacation uh-huh. weekend. Yep. If you could imagine or wish that your dream comes true at Disneyland, <laughs> what, what would it be, comma, if you're babysitting yourself, comma, yeah. you've been replaced by a robot? Don't you wish you could be a kid again? Well, we can't do that, <laughs> but we can show you... <laughs> <laughs> we can this play kid you next that to an is you. Or cast yeah. as a childhood version of you. When you wish upon a star, you hate your yourself. deepest, darkest <laughs> dreams come true. <laughs> when you wish upon a star, your truest dreams Your come truest true. self. <laughs> when you wish upon a star, a dream that you had will be selected and made manifest before you. <laughs> Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll put that photo up. It's one of our favorite photos here, here at Idle Thumbs. Who, did I take it? I don't even remember. Sarah might have taken it. I think it. you took it because you're the one who posted it on Facebook. Oh, okay, and yeah, I, I, I asked Sarah it. for it and she said, no, Chris took that and okay, directed yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. We found it from like years ago on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, it's very it's very, very good. And even if you don't know Nick Brecken personally like we do, I think just the, the, imi- the, the image, the two faces mm. kind of looking away from each other with this resigned, bizarre... Uh, kind of self-awareness is is really something to behold. It's great. So, yeah, it's it's one of the best pictures. Uh, anyway, what do, uh, what are we actually talking about today? You guys want some good old-fashioned robot news? Sure, why not? Like this is the Love most it. the truest sense. Uh, it's just a time that robots were in the news. If you had to babysit the tenth episode of your podcast, <laughs> <laughs> be classic robot news. Um, this is some robot news that that kind of t- touched my heart and made me made me f- have bittersweet feelings about robots. So I thought All that right. I would share it with you guys. Okay. Um, the CBC, which I guess is the Canadian Broadcasting yeah. yes. Corporation, Corporation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, on last Friday they had a retirement party for their five male robots. <laughs> <laughs> these are uh, these are like. They're like gendered, or they're they deliver uh, post. I, I, the the robots, in fact, are are genderless, or maybe maybe they were gendered because they were all some of them were named. One of them is named Mom, but uh, okay. no, it's M A I L. Okay. It is male delivery robots. They're basically like large rectangular filing cabinets on wheels, but they have uh, some awareness of walls and doors and I think of the routes they're supposed to take and they've basically for 25 years have been wow. roving one per floor I think of the CBC yeah. delivering mail to all the different departments I I only knew about what, what a mail robot was because I saw um, The Americans the TV show oh, yeah, in yeah, which yeah, a mail yeah. robot uh, in the in the FBI I think is, is used like Russian spies put a microphone yeah, inside uh-huh. of the mail robot to yeah, sort of yeah. rove around the office yeah. and also the movie Flight of the Navigator has a notable <laughs> NASA mail robot uh, the the kid hides in to get from his secured facility to like the place where they're uh-huh. hiding the spaceship he wants to go to. Are th- are male robots? Sorry, you probably just said this, but are th- are they self? Like, I think that they guided? work kind of like the like 
Did, like did you ever have like a little toy truck uh, as a kid that had the motor in it that sort of if it sensed a wall it would bonk into it yeah. and back up yeah. and move? I yeah. think the male robots are they're of that level of of it seems of not, ripe for hijinks. It's not quite yeah. that bad, but yeah. Well, the um, <laughs> the retirement party was actually mm-hmm. really sweet. So the five they have five male robots uh, and their names are uh, Rasputin, Basher, Move It or Lose It, Mobile, <laughs> and Mom. <laughs> Uh, which I looked up. Variety of they names. were yeah. they were all named in contests. Each floor of the CBC headquarters oh, got wow. to name their male robots, and the the different departments oh, wow. got to choose, and they and won. When were they put into service? In like nineteen ninety two. Twenty twenty five years. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Um, and Twitter is just full of like of nostalgic CBC employees posting videos of like oh wow. that time the male robot pinned me against a wall or like that that time that time that it got stuck on a door <laughs> handle said, haha just kidding i would never harm but you it's all it's all the most bittersweet stuff it actually reminds me of the relationship that uh the characters have with Hal in 2001 except for the part where he tries to kill them sure. or uh, the relationships sure. that sam rockwell has with gertie in moon right. where he mm-hmm. uh yeah. there no one tries to kill them including like at the retirement party these robots are f- covered in like post-it notes saying goodbye old friend and like they have oh, all sorts of stuff so it's it the thing like there are these just sort of lumbering beasts that were built by people to do a menial task and the, I, by retired I worried that it meant they were going to be dismantled but apparently a bunch of museums want them so oh, I think they are yeah. going to they're going to be turned off and they're not going to be able yeah. to do their Sounds job anymore the um, but it's uh, it was an interesting reminder of how easy it is for people to personify something just out of familiarity just even with it anthropomorphize it yeah, yeah yeah with just even though all, all that it does is literally sort of rove around and it beeps yeah uh, people surely have emotional attachments to this rolling beeping thing yeah uh, which means that when real robots show up it's going to be really interesting to watch yeah. what actually happens when they <laughs> yeah. can express more than just nothing yeah um, do you think that there is more or less of that in the case of robots that are intentionally made to seem like pe- like I, I don't use Siri because mm. I, I find it just kind of I, I just don't I don't want to use voice control on my phone. I just don't like the idea of it. But do you think people have more or less of a personal connection with Siri, which is named like a human and designed to sort of sound and respond to you like a human? Do you think they have more or less of a personal connection with that than with this male robot, which makes no... It, the designers made no attempt to anthropomorphize it. has it. to be less, but that's, I think, an uncanny valley thing. I mean, yeah, the movie that Her... That would be my guess as well. The movie Her sort of postulates that once a serious-style yeah. assistant gets, like, can cross that threshold and actually start asking you meaningful questions about yourself and, and sort of retain yeah. enough information about you to let you put your more of yourself into it, that might change. I mean, that's... It, I, that's her. It's cheesy to talk about her as an example of that, but like a male robot is almost like a dog or something. Where like you, oh, it loves me. I mean, obviously, right. like yeah. pets actually <laughs> have emotional attachments yeah, to humans, actually, yeah. but arguably, you put a lot into that relationship sure. yeah. that is just yeah. reflected out of it being yeah. a, a creature that is near you all the time that mm-hmm. that occasionally helps you out or does something interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, that said. Uh, I saw a, a study recently that suggests that contrary to popular belief and sort of tropes about cats, apparently – so that someone did a study where they they uh, sort of gave cats four different kinds of stimulus, which include food, human 
contact, like social interaction with humans, and then two other things. I don't I don't remember what are the other you, things were. Are you going to say that cats view humans as terrain? <laughs> no, 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 quite the opposite. In fact, what was determined was that cats will actually, they crave human contact to hmm. the point that if they have to choose, they will take human interaction over food. Oh, wow. Yeah, much to the, much to the contrary, wow. I think to the contrary to the popular sort of line about cats, which is mm. that they don't care about humans, they're totally fronting. Huh. They they need, they crave humans desperately. <laughs> so, I mean, Much like the male robot. Much like craves, the male robot craves, craves humans, humans. As evidenced by multiple videos posted by uh, CBC people of robots just like pinning getting uncomfortably and close <laughs> and pinning the walls and sort of like hanging out at doors waiting. One, like, it, uh, a reporter for the CBC, I think for CBC Radio, posted a tweet about this. And one of the replies that was my favorite one is that someone named uh, Paul Grenier says they were my robots. I am their dad. First batch in 1992, I had to wire each of them myself to set off Radio Shack doorbells behind closed doors. Wait, what? <laughs> like apparently the robots couldn't get through do- uh-huh. doors that were closed oh and they God. had to then be able to know how to like mash into a doorbell and this guy. Wow. So Wait, what do you mean know how to? Do they have to know how to or do they just end up doing it? It because you put them in presumably where- I don't know he said I, he didn't elaborate he said I had to wire each of them myself to set off Radio Shack doorbells behind closed doors so I don't know how much wow. logic or intel- maybe I, it was pressure plates in the floor maybe yeah um, <laughs> man that's a good device for uh, when this turns into a horror movie which is you're like alone in the office at 2am and then the doorbell rings and then you, yeah you and then you get your mail <laughs> <laughs> let me see if I can hear one of them This is one stuck on a door handle, and then the door handle is open, and they just beep nicely. Yeah. They're just good friends. They're just like the robotic equivalent of a gentle beast of burden, basically. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They're like, like a lumbering. <clears throat> they know, just sort of move around doing their jobs and don't complain, and occasionally they make a mistake, and then they back up in a way that is polite seeming, and then right. they just go back to delivering mail. Yeah. It's really easy to understand why everyone like feels oh yeah totally s- like so sad about. Well, and these they're also guys. they're also like an institution, right? They've been there probably longer than the average employee that interacts. Yes, with yeah. It. The, the so quotes. Like, oh, when I got here, you were already here. The quotes in the article uh, include the the eulogy. We have been cornered by them. We have opened doors for them. We have seen them run into walls, and now we are saying goodbye. And then the other quote is, I was here when they were children, from someone who's clearly worked there for like <laughs> 30 years yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, good. that's a good, dumb robot that is a good friend. That's so, Man, imagine what it's going to be like when your boss is a robot, and you've you know, you say goodbye to your boss. <laughs> We're retiring what you about. to a museum. <laughs> <laughs> no, please do not. <laughs> I'm your boss. I'm the boss. I'm the boss now. Time to retire, boss. No. Sorry, boss. You've been replaced by a mail kiosk that will be filled twice weekly with your division's mail, which is what's happened to these CBC robots. <laughs> I did realize that the, the true story that you sh- that they should have found is the person who 25 years ago was forced to retire early oh, because, they because they got CBC replaced robots. by the mail. Oh, robot. yeah. no. That person is not invited to this oh, retirement man. party. That yeah. person is oh, smoking God. a cigarette somewhere in Canada. That, going, person, about time. that person is working for a museum right now, like twiddling their fingers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, we would just love, we love yeah, yeah. this mail robot. We, we totally think it's definitely, so yeah. fascinating. We need it for our collection. We're very uh, interested so, sorry, in the history of this the mail robot. Sorry, the exhibit about Canadians 
inner office mail carriers is being replaced by an exhibit about this mail robot, so you're you're free to go. Thank you. <laughs> you, you it's been really great having you as a docent in this museum of yeah. Canadian communication no, for 25 years. Anyway, uh, as he leaves, the robot is. Well, here's just a like, box to yeah, clear out your stuff. Yeah. yeah, it just wheels up. Uh, Mom is here to bring you your box. <laughs> your locker has also been replaced by this robot. Yeah, he gets the as he's as he's waiting in the office. Like he can't wait for uh, you know to, to make his big announcement about acquiring these robots, and then he just gets a little doorbell ding. Bing dong! <laughs> it's a use it or move it here to tell you that your time's up. <laughs> <laughs> What? You cannot. You're not allowed to end any segment on this podcast by declaring it stupid, as if there's some unique facet to to this one. I'll cut that out. No, don't. I thought it was time for some robot positivity, Chris, to talk about robots that served a long career working alongside humans. Fuck you. That doesn't. uh, Not allowed to happen. (laughs) I know. And then, and then, uh, no, they actually, they probably replaced some poor Canadian broadcaster employees' job twice. (laughs) 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 Their job, and then also their fun retirement job. Right. Yeah. Well, (laughs) also we're retired now. Get out. Like Count of Monte Cristo, two and a half decade long game, fun hobby retirement hoisted plan. (laughs) 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 Fucking owned by by that robot just lumbering and everyone going, oh, it's so cool, this robot. Fuck, Jesus. Okay. I'm dead now. <laughs> and that robot's like, I'm never going to die as long as I'm maintained. <laughs> It'll How up. many parts of it can be replaced before it's no longer the same mom? <laughs> before it's mom of Theseus? <laughs> yeah. Uh, How many parts of your mom can be replaced before she's no longer your mom? Wow, fucking before burn. Before she becomes a, a male robot. <laughs> How many how many organs and body parts of your mom can be replaced with parts from this male robot before she too is a male robot? Interesting philosophical philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> how many parts of Chris Remo can be replaced before before you that happened? Yeah. Ding dong. <laughs> Ding dong. Stupid. Uh, there was another there was another news story that seems like it's kind of thematically relevant to the male robot. Thing, just in the of. sense of like rolling. Okay, maybe not. Well, anyway, <laughs> m- maybe I'm totally off base with that. But the the gist is Google has a new program called Street View Ready, which will make it possible for anyone with the right hardware to contribute to its Street View imaging database, typically assembled using Google's official 360-degree camera-toting Street View cars. The first camera officially designated Street View Auto Ready is Insta360's Pro Camera, the 8K 360 camera which captures still images at up to five frames per second and which has real-time image stabilization built in. Okay, yeah, so I hadn't thought about this in terms of those those uh, moving, or of the male robots, but it's it's because I hadn't fully unpacked what I now imagine Google's plan for this could be. What I thought about at first was merely was merely what Google has said that it is, which is... <laughs> we all know that's only the first you, step. You can buy a, a 360-degree high-res camera that Google has certified as okay to post images up to Street View, and then you can post your own Street View images. That in and of itself is is fascinating mostly for the boundary testing that i hope that that immediately unlocks in people like sure. um like you you'll be able to figure out i think what google actually values like does google value mm. um hmm. having 
more content in Street View, or do they value that it's good content? Like, for instance, you mean you'll be, be able to determine this based on what actually ends up showing up. Yeah, I mean, you can get this yeah. camera, and then you can be like, okay, I found a, some mountain town somewhere, but I put a Captain Picard cardboard stand-up in every photo that I put there. <laughs> and like, great, that that, yeah. that content is now on Google Street yeah. View, but there's a fucking Star Trek guy literally in every single one. <laughs> or like, like you know, do they, do, or you know, uh, your friend is like just walking down the street of every part of this place right. that previously had not been there. Or like, do they value new content over old even mm. if even if it's like new community provided content, does that get rated higher? Yeah. So like, could you take a picture of the outside of your house every single day, but like move the shit around in the window so that if someone does the historic thing, they would see a stop motion like <laughs> oh, man. drama? Yeah. Like because Google keeps up verifying it just because it's newer data. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm sure there's going to be some aggressively complicated algorithm. Yeah. yeah. But you talking about the male robots uh, made me think. Oh, I wonder if they're going to somehow incentivize or monetize this. Like, if if I become a Street View content creator, like if I'm pushing a ton of stuff that Google deems valuable, will I be allowed to put a little AdWords ad on my page of Google Maps? If so, that mail carrier Oof. who got put out of business by these mail robots had better collect all five of these mail robots and put 360-degree cameras on them <laughs> and send them up into, like, northern Canada or someplace right. that, and just send them off into the world yeah. uh, and well, monetize that Google God, Street View content. You know, that makes me think, are they, you know, have you guys seen how on Google Maps now, if you zoom, just not on the Street View, but just on normal maps, if you zoom all the way down into um, sort of certain kinds of large buildings like airports and shopping malls, it'll actually give you the map data for inside yeah, yeah. the building and including down to like floor one, floor two, floor three that you can right. click between and it'll show you all the like individual shops and sort of amenities in there. What can you put a mail robot in the airport and have it like trundle along the sort of terminal concourse? Could you list the inside of your friend's see- house yeah, on exa- Street View exactly. without their permission? Exactly. Right? Like, oh, I house did it for you. Also, I just let my mail robot roll around with my 360 <laughs> certified <if> you- <laughs> camera. Anyway, the, your entire house as of last Saturday <laughs> is now uh, a destination in Google Maps that you can r- get walking I mean, directions inside to, of. To combine that with your sort of time lapse idea, what if you hide one of these cameras inside a teddy bear in your friend's <laughs> living room? A teddy bear in the very middle of the the room with an orb coming out of its head. (laughs) Ignore me. I'm here. Just don't look at me. Whatever. Just a bear. Yeah, and it just sits there for years because they don't move it for years because, you know, it looks expensive. I've given you a very modern chandelier. Don't touch it. It has a teddy bear in it. You install it in a chandelier. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so they have a teddy bear hanging from their chandelier with a street view orb on it. They have a male robot hanging from a chandelier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you get your friend really emotionally attached to this male robot, then hang it from their ceiling you as could, art. You could just make your friend the subject of a years-long sort of uh, stalking slash surveillance, public surveillance Google Street View campaign where all of the content you submit to Street View has this person in it. So you just like follow them down the street everywhere they're going con- so that every... like. A- <laughs> But it's like really good. You make sure you're like, oh, I was just pranking you by putting your entire life on the world's <laughs> largest, most popular website. View. Yeah, just <laughs> what Google.com. Is yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I mean, it's also <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, 
It's, I also, mean, I streamed it on Twitch. Also, I sold <laughs> posters on on Redbubble. <laughs> it was just a goof. Gotcha. Gotcha. Anyway, I'm, I'm really glad that you respected my wishes to not look at any part of the internet for the last year. <laughs> well, you'd never, that's the thing, you'd never notice until you started, like, looking for for it right because this you, is like no, a fucked up version no, of the game where like you're later like happy birthday look and you just like slideshow through the fact that you've surveyed every detail of their life but through sort of like pseudo public but fucked up actually corporate right. uh record keeping uh yeah. online yeah <laughs> jesus <laughs> i mean is it is it different than how just people are in Street View normally anyway? I don't know. I, I guess if you just keep it to Street View, it is it is because there's a fucked up intent to it. Right, but what's the actual difference in the real world? Fair enough. Okay, you've now your artist statement is complete. I mean, I might just be arguing against Google more than for anything else, but maybe I'm arguing for following no, the you're, you're, around you're, for you're, ten you're, years. You would be using the, the systems built by Google in the means in which they are intended, but you would be violating the spirit of sort of the pact we have as humans. Mm. That pa- I feel like that pact has been broken by all this shit anyway. This, the, the, the seal's open. I'm just... I'm just uh, You're surfing that slippery slope and yeah, doing some sweet I, tricks on the way down, exactly, basically? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> kickflip to Indy down this sweet, sweet slope. Yeah, I, I guess... I, but like, I also left an iPhone it said in dictation mode in your bag and here's a Kindle ebook of it that I sold <laughs> like it's just technology that exists by Siri <laughs> she's my favorite author <laughs> so true to life yeah I I imagine that mostly what this is for is like you hike out on a hiking trail and you can take photos yeah. or whatever but the idea that it could turn into sort of a weird uber-esque anyone can monetize it is uh is not what i had expected is that true do you know anything is that is no it monetizable? Yeah. i don't think it is but it just thinking there's about not, there aren't ads on google maps currently are there i'm sure there's a little banner ad in the bottom corner of various pieces and there's like promoted businesses can get uh, listed yeah, and stuff the same the same way as yelp inside of yeah but that's true. you know i mean there weren't ads on youtube for a long time until people started actually being able to create their own content and put it that's inside true. of it oh that's true i see what you're saying so you're saying just by virtue of the fact that people are going to be uploading free content to them I yeah, like that, what if they decide we want to start incentivizing yeah, it, and then it's yeah. like, well, well that actually already ha- that they they already do that to some degree in the sense that they just don't do it by paying you money because they apparently they don't have to. The more I think about this, actually, the way um, I've so for a long time, my uh, Google Maps, um, you know, it's constantly tracking like everywhere you go mm-hmm. via your phone. That's just a thing that it does, um, and. You know, I mean, I think Apple does this as well. And um, for a long time, mine just didn't work for some reason. I didn't, I didn't know that it was even a thing, and my, uh, there was just something about mine that didn't work. But it started working like a year ago, and since then, Google will like send me emails and be like, "Oh, it looks like you were in such and such city. Like, why not fill out a review of this place or like upload some photos about this place?" And if you do that, they give you points that just go up on a scale. And it's called the Google Maps Local Contributors or something like that. And it's there's all these things you can do. It's like, verify these details. Are these the true opening hours for this restaurant? That's like, like the Foursquare style. R- r- yeah, but they're I incredibly think. deep. They're like, re- they okay. go really mm. deep. They, uh, and anyway, the, the reward is like, here are some points on a scale. But if you actually look at it, it just goes up basically forever. And it's mm. like sort of, a, it's almost a logarithmic scale where it's like, 
you know, you get one point for doing most things, but you need like a hundred thousand points to get, you know, the highest level or what? I don't know how high that's, it goes. That's but it's like there's fucking th- millions of people doing this. And they're not. Get, they're certainly not getting paid anything. That's very different, though, than if Google starts opening this and introduces something like the. We're getting. This is like a weird conversation. This is not funny. Sorry, but just like the notion of a Google Maps Partners program that's similar to like YouTube Partner or something, where it's like you are a major contributor of data to our service that is of direct. I feel like. Basically, are you a Lyft driver? Literally stick this on your car and you're mm. also contributing updated street street view data. That's the sort yeah. of thing that I could see them basically charging yeah, or but I could, instant, but I could giving also, pennies to. But I could also see rich nerds just buying this because they think it's cool and uploading it for free because they think it's cool. Those people can get points, but the hundreds <laughs> of basically worker drivers that are in every mm-hmm. city in this country would do it for money in three yeah. seconds then Google wouldn't have to have their own fleet of cars anymore yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah. but like the 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 true like expanding brain like galaxy brain version is the person who has five retired male robots driving the streets <laughs> <laughs> should we take a break yeah yeah this episode of important if true is brought to you by Warby Parker prescription Eyeglasses and sunglasses uh, sent to your home, and you can get five frames to try on uh, for free for five days by going to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs. Do you wear like one pair a day to see how they look? <laughs> you very well could. Actually, yeah, you could. If you, were, if you, you could keep... try them out, walk around doing them. Yeah. I mean, they, they their lenses are blank they do nothing right so but you can see you can the see glasses do nothing <laughs> but <laughs> but you can definitely check out your look you can see how the world responds to you differently on each day and then yeah. and then wonder if it was the frames or if it was just that you were having a good day or if it was just that sure. it was tuesday yeah and then if you keep them for six days i imagine you're fucked well not quite i mean <laughs> you have to return them they give you more leeway than one than one day <laughs> definitely uh but you you can't keep them forever Oof. So, uh, <gasps> yeah. I'm now wearing my new Warby Parker, uh, what did you call these? The Kevin Costner NASA dad <laughs> yes. glasses. Yeah. Oh, wow. You brought so, them. I did. I brought them in. Oh, it's too bad Nick isn't here to see this. I know. WarbyParker.com? <laughs> WarbyParkerTrial.com slash thumbs. There it is. <laughs> This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip, mm. electric toothbrushes. Is that what it sounds like? Like the sound I just made when it runs? Do it again. Mm. Yeah, that's what it sounds oh, like. Oh, I kind of went, mm, which is like, <laughs> if you, that's when you need that free battery uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. Pack. When it starts to like kind of shrug a little bit. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know. There's a, there's a little like sort of pause in the mm, to let you know when to switch quadrants of your teeth mm-hmm. and then there's kind of a non-committal like, when you know it's time to switch your battery and your brush head <laughs> refill and you can get $10 off your first brush head refill by going to tryquip.com slash thumbs uh, they send you a new brush head a new battery every three months so you always have that great nice new brush head it's not all old and busted. Wow, it's new and fresh and clean. Is that what your friends sound like when they see your clean teeth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, they but just they go, wow, go eh. wow. yeah. Well, they they're like, eh, I'm not really your friend that much. <laughs> I just <laughs> your teeth really are great, like your though. Teeth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You take or leave. 
Uh, but those teeth, those give teeth, me them. Give me them. Give them right now. <laughs> and they punch out all your teeth and take them. And but take them. Beautiful. But they're nice teeth. They're so nice. Yeah. They're going to live for on the mantle of this strange- Of your frenemy. Of your frenemy. I think- I think- This that, is that, the that tipping is point. The, that is- you are, are they so, your friend or they your enemy? So you, your friend of me? No, no. Now you know. So now you know. Uh, what's the website you should go to? Tryquip.com/thumbs. Right, go there to get this product that will help you separate the wheat from the chaff of your friend, <laughs> your friend of your frenemy, frenemy. and enemies. <laughs> Tryquip.com/thumbs. Computer. I was activating the computer. Oh yeah, that's how you do it. All right, are we back? Yeah, we're sure. back. Sure. Oh, I heard that we were back. Oh, good. Hello. Hi, Chris. Right. It's been confirmed. We are back. The return of important if true confirmed. <laughs> the long-awaited return. We have an email from Luke who writes, Dear Thumbs, when I was about five, I would press the stop button obsessively at crossings, relishing the experience of making the cars obey my will. <laughs> When I was 12 or so, I realized how absurd it was that anyone would put a button on the road that let a child stop traffic. I felt scornful of my past self for his naive enthusiasm. When I was maybe 16, I realized that it was stupid to think that people would install walk buttons that didn't work. I felt scornful of my 12-year-old self for his unthinking cynicism. In my 20s... When I was 17? Yeah, I know. It was like the worst Sinatra song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was scornful of myself. (laughs) In my 20s, I read an article about New York walk buttons not doing anything and realized that, of course, the buttons were useless and designed to give us the illusion of control. I cursed my 16-year-old self for his naive faith in public infrastructure. After hearing your podcast, I found out that most of the buttons around where I grew up in London function perfectly well. Obviously, as most public infrastructure works fine, unless there's some particular reason for it not to. I curse my mid-twenties self for his faux world-weary cynicism. This is by far the largest number of times I've decided that the same closely held belief was totally wrong. What are your personal bests? Best, Luke. Best, bests. That's a good. That, I was actually trying to think of the song as I was reading it, and I couldn't. So I'm glad you pulled it out. Mm. Uh, but, but the notion of like when I was 17, <laughs> I was scornful of myself, actually reminds me of you saying about your young self mm. that if introduced, you would simply sit there in resentful silence. Yeah, you know, but they'd both be she, thinking he thinks the buttons yeah. don't do anything. <laughs> he thinks, thinks the, the buttons, buttons do something. <laughs> I scorn him. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, in the corner, there's like even ten years older version of yourself oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. peeking around, being like those morons. That I scorn them. <laughs> Young Nick hates old Nick, but you know, yeah, I don't know how. how yeah. You've, you've just got a chain of Nick Breggins sort of yeah, following a, each other. Nick, uh, what like, I've learned is in some cities the buttons work and in others they don't. <laughs> <laughs> what I've learned is it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Because we're all going to die. That's, like, well, that's, that's, the, that's 17, actually. Expanding well, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is buttons make no they don't prolong the inevitable death of yeah, n- right all nick uh, who has ascended up to the, the centipede realm looks down yeah, exactly. <laughs> none of these are actually buttons yeah yeah i racked my brain trying to come up with uh a story of myself flip-flopping to that degree or anything close and i couldn't but i feel like this is a good fable 
that t- teaches you you should just press the button if you have an opportunity to affect yeah, change in a way that you true. want yeah. don't let a person including your younger self including your preconceived notions don't let an article that you've read told tell you that the button will not do something yeah hmm. fucking that's, push the that's button that's a really good just don't sit there because you were told that the button doesn't do anything just push the fucking button or t- talk yourself out of or it or talk yourself out of it either right. way yeah like if you're given the power to affect the change that you want, just do it. Just try pressing the button. Maybe it doesn't actually hook up into anything. Maybe your later self will scorn yourself. But maybe your even later self will yeah. scorn that second self. Yeah. Hmm. That's all that I'm saying. Push the button. If you see a button, push it no matter what is the moral. <laughs> that's definitely the moral. That's definitely hmm. the lesson I'm oh, taking Oh, sorry. From I took, that, took that one step too far. Uh, wait for <laughs> yeah. me next Always week. Always press a button. <laughs> Because you don't want to be scorned by your future self. Uh, Sorry. uh, Earlier me in this case did have it right. uh, And the me three seconds later that said press every button was wrong. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, you don't want to be scorned by by older Jake who was right the first time. I mean, you're always right about everything because you might be right someday. So don't ever think you're wrong about anything. No, I had a good good read. Because future self could scorn you. I was right. I was right, and then we kept live talking your and whole life it. in fear of future self scorning you. For, like this is just a this is like creating a new yeah. analysis paralysis where it's should I do that? I should do all the thi- like I need to cover every base because future self could scorn me. No, I guess I, no. Yes, that's true. This no matter what, uh, it will spiral you into existential dread and demise. Yeah, and the possible scorn of your future. And the self. possible scorn of your future self. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the part that that does it. Just thinking about that will just yeah. inevitably mm. wind you mm-hmm. just deep into your own mind until you are nothing. <laughs> At which point you achieve true enlightenment <laughs> and ascend to to the to the yeah. rainbow centipede realm. Yeah. And then at that point, scorn has no it, meaning. It glances yeah. off your your uh, centipede. Podian chitinous chite. What? Why do you know what chitinous chide? They don't. They don't have chitin. They're chitinous chide. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. You should just press. Just press the button. Yeah. Just press. No, no. Your point was well taken. Yeah. But I like the part about it. It making you insane, and then you you have a chitinous hide. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best part about pressing a button. Is it might make you insane and cause you to develop a chitinous hide. Strangest when thing. I was 17, <laughs> <laughs> I had a chitinous hide. Hmm. Basically a standard at this point. Yeah, it's a classic. He changed the lyrics to that song so many times due to, I think, this. <laughs> right, this. yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah, he, yeah. Could never quite, he could never quite nail it down because he was always worried that. I read an article that said that year wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah, I had to pick a better, different year. <laughs> Because, you know, I was afraid that my future self would scorn me for choosing that <laughs> like, oh, year. That, mm, mm. So I, I tried to figure out which of myself uh, existed in the best year. It was definitely the chitinous hide year. <laughs> let's let's be clear. That was the final year for then and evermore, though. <laughs> Frank Sinatra's chitinous hide. <laughs> it's the best children's book that I... I mean, certainly the best one I ever read. I mean, I, I've, I only feel that way because I'm really concerned about... My future scorn. Right. <laughs> Jesus, I got to get break myself out of this. I'm going, I feel like I am already going crazy <laughs> from just having this conversation. Man, um, speaking of actually uh, things for children. Uh, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. This is podcast is for babies. Oh, children are yeah. much older and That's wiser. True. Children are wiser. Yeah. They scorn us babies. <laughs> and our chitinous hides. Uh, that, that, yeah. Of all the phrases to like sort of dampen 
the meaning of through repetition chitinous hide well that already had no meaning (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right is well is your guy writes i was looking through the podcasts that the australian broadcasting corporation produces and found we only talk about various commonwealth uh, Commonwealth broadcasting Broadcasting corporations on this episode Anyway, I was looking through the podcast that the Australian Broadcasting Corporation produces and found one in particular that jumped out at me. It was an ethics podcast called Short and Curly. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Aimed to teach kids that some issues aren't as clear cut as they might appear. Here are a few. Why would you call that podcast that? Anyway, whatever. I I don't know. I actually tried to find out and I couldn't figure out why you would call a children's ethics podcast short and curly. That's a a subject of a later episode of an adult ethics podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Here's a few episode titles that give me pause. Can you trust a robot? Is Dumbledore as great as he seems? (laughs) Should pugs exist? (laughs) Can robot soldiers make armies better? (laughs) That goes off in a fucking... Those are good. Those are actually really good questions for kids and adults. Here's the link. (laughs) Is Dumbledore that great? I don't... Eh. I don't know. I mean, I literally don't know because I don't really know anything about Dumbledore. Uh, But I do know he's gay. That's true. (laughs) True fact. Uh, here's the link if you're interested, and it's a link at the uh, at abc.net.au. If you search for short and curly, cheers is your guy Australia. Um, I find I find this to be fascinating. I love the idea of an ethics podcast for children. Yeah, I think that's just straight up. I think that's really good, and some of these are very good topics. I did look into more of it, and there are. There is kind of a, like, there's definitely sort of a theme. Um, Do you think that, like, a, a, a thesis could be put onto this by, by way po- of reading Possibly. This? I don't know. You tell me. Okay. Um, I mean, for, for what it's worth, Can You Trust a Robot was the very first mm. episode of the podcast. So that's, that's sort of interesting. Um, there are a lot of things having to do with the rights of children, um, which... You know, makes sense given given the target audience. Sure. Uh, why can't children vote? For instance, I actually listened to that episode, and like this is a this is like a long. I mean, it's like a twenty minute podcast. It's not short. Hmm. It's you know it's short and curly. I would not. <laughs> I mean, relative to like the attention span of a child, I would call it neither short nor curly. Uh, but we also have. Sh- should chimps have the same rights as kids? Which is like. <laughs> Some of well, these questions, I feel hmm. like there's, you could make an argument. I, well, is that because a chimpanzee has the intelligence of a small toddler, basically? Is that presumably I, the thesis of it? Yeah, I haven't listened. I only listened to the one, but presumably that is. Um, do you have to love your sibling? Should you eat your pet? <laughs> Should you move oh. to Mars? Like, I well. feel like if you assemble too many of these, it starts to get into a weird... There's like, it's like a passive-aggressive... Should you move to Mars? Uh, should you maybe consider not living on this planet anymore? Should maybe, should maybe should an animal have all the rights you have and you should just leave? <laughs> should you trust a robot? I mean, they're basically just as good as you. <laughs> this, this is actually a slow burn to just make all Australian children feel unwanted. Yeah, mm. yeah. A chimp is basically as smart as you. A robot is deserving of your love. And uh, th- will replace you in the armed yes, forces. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It'll take your future job, much as much as the uh, the male robot. The CBC has reported on this, and now the ABC asks children uh, uh, in an admonishing way about it. Yeah, should you be replaced by the Canadian male robots that our government has bought? <laughs> <laughs> One question I have about these topics, or one topic in particular, is Dumbledore, as great as he seems, really feels to me more like, that's like an opinion, that's a sort of an opinion. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess I mean, even should opinion, you move to like, Mars is kind of... <laughs> should you move to Mars? I don't know. It's not really something that you have any control yeah. over. Yeah. But is Dumbledore, as great as he seems, feels more like a... That feels more like a sort of... It's like a slanted opinion nerd, article? Nerd oh, opinion. yeah. opinion? Yeah, yeah. More than like... An ethical conundrum. I think that they're putting that in a kid's podcast to make them question a heroic figure in children's literature at all, though, right? Like, if you're a kid, you've probably Mm -hmm. just... Because the book says Dumbledore is great. Yeah. uh, And only bad people in the book say that Dumbledore is bad. Mm. It's probably, you know, saying, ah, well... He's a character for whom, uh, in some cases, the ends justify the means, but he's sure. portrayed uh, universally as heroic so in the eyes of the kids. They're both sizing Dumbledore. I th- yeah, they're both <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're both sizing Dumbledore. Yeah, I'm totally all right with that. Yeah. Uh, I but you know what did Dumbledore do? do, do? <laughs> what did Dumbledore do wrong? <laughs> I don't know if he did anything wrong, ultimately, Chris. Uh, find out on my ethics podcast. What do Dumble do, Dumbledee doodle I don't want to get into the ethics of Dumbledore, Chris. That's fair enough. I yeah, that's that's a fair point. I, I wouldn't have the capacity to to, to deal with it probably anyway. Um, well, see, Chris, there's this secret world uh, in which wizards uh, exist. It's our world, but they have their own place mm. and time where there's wizards. So. Nice. Um, I don't want to get into Dumbledore. No, no one does. Well, one guy does. We know, after all, we know Dumbledore's sexual preferences. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Erased. <laughs> stupid. Stupid. Jesus Christ. I mean, stupid is the new clap. <laughs> it's literally the only thing I know about Dumbledore. Yeah. So I have nothing else to go on. Sure. We have... We have uh, Christ, Ramo. Well, some call me that. Um, we have a number of emails regarding children and things for children on this episode, weirdly. Ben writes, how did Clifford become so big? <laughs> Clifford was the smallest puppy in his litter, and then Emily Elizabeth, quote, loved him so much, unquote, that he grew to the size of approximately two houses. I want my dog to be as big as two houses, please. Is Clifford the Big Red Dog a fantasy novel or a science fiction novel? <laughs> I don't really understand how that last question... The last question is the best part of that email. <laughs> yeah. That last question is easily the best yeah. part. And I, I think that really... Clifford the Big Red Dog, the 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 singular work that we have. I'm sure there are other Clifford books, but I oh, have there's, not. I think oh, there there's like fifty dozens, more. Yeah, but I and don't know if show I don't know and, if any mm. of them get into the deep lore of Clifford. And I think that's the stuff that will that will or mm. would tell you if it's if it's fantasy or sci-fi. Because really, was her, did her love manifest in by way of some sort of spell or some sort well, of she, perhaps a witch's or wizard's curse? I mean, maybe, or maybe was she, it that her parents were secretly <laughs> uh, working for some sort of government science yeah, agency, it, and in the basement there's some sort and of then, and then they were like, "Oh God, this dog is big. What do we tell her? Your love made it bigger, right? <laughs> Wait, oh man, okay. Yeah, I think that, I think that Clifford's origin story is yet to be revealed, and like the love. What are the ethics of that? <laughs> I mean, is that like, should you tell your children that you that you made her dog big? Disfigured her right, your l- pet in like well, a it's a bo- I mean, it, I mean, it's a benefit to, to like, the kid. Forever impact the life of that pet, probably shorten its lifespan, 
But uh, yeah, but but, uh, maybe, maybe maybe Clifford will live far longer. Why? I don't know. I mean, is he would an elephant live longer if it was tiny? I don't know. I mean, I assume that. Like, I assume, uh, that's should, also no. The question is: Should an elephant live longer <laughs> if it's tiny? Yeah, it's it's really it's because you know the the thing you have to tell the, your like, kid then is the love you feel for your dog is real, comma, mm. but also it's not at least not the part the part what the effects of of your of the love oh, you sure. have for your dog the love are, you have for your dog is real, but it doesn't do jack shit. Yeah, it just what, makes yeah. you love your dog, and your dog yeah. loves you. Well, that's a comma. Your dog is big because. Uh, your dad made a pact with an evil wizard to fix his job <laughs> prospects, and your dog got cursed. Is Dumbledore as great as he seems? Let's be honest. He did a lot of good things for wizards, but he also totally like malformed this person's dog. <laughs> but and, she like, loves the dog. She loves the dog. She, the dog. It. she loves that dog so much. The ends justify the means. Dumbledore is great. <laughs> I don't know. Is I'm she just gonna- saying. He said, you know, this child I, I needs to experience. A love that no child has felt before. Is she gonna uh, Dumbledore? Keep, is she gonna keep loving it when, like, the bone structure of this dog that was not designed to support a two thousand pound dog like cracks under? Okay, the it's not fantasy or sci-fi. It's horror. It's <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, it's like horror. body yeah. horror. When it grows a chitinous hide and <laughs> it just like spawns <laughs> wings and just what? <laughs> Clifford colon too big question mark <laughs> when my dog was 17 <laughs> it was fucking gross ah <laughs> uh, yeah when Clifford develops like a third nostril and like you mm. know all sorts of yeah. just it's sort of it, it what it's gonna do is it's gonna sort of end up like when Clifford grossly, is the size of the house comma and like, a uh, house yeah exactly <laughs> what you know like in the fly when he teleports into the when he like turns into half fly half teleporter machine yeah mm. Clifford is just gonna be half big red dog half house because he's gonna bust out of the you know house. what though Chris that girl's still gonna love that dog it's true well you know I mean I went to scholastic.com slash Clifford when I saw this email <laughs> is that a, and is that an ad no, that's just what I did to research this question. Okay, just checking if that was an affiliate. Uh, brought to you by Scholastic.com <laughs> slash thumbs. Uh, I mean, there might be something there. I don't know. Don't go there. Uh, but the the first thing on that site is like the sort of little um, it, sort of origin story of Clifford, which is not actually like if you- Oh, are we going to hear Clifford origins? Sort of. I don't, not really, not any more so than we already know, but it's diff- like the original Clifford book just says- you know, Clifford was this dog, whatever, and like he's huge, uh, and he's the biggest, <laughs> reddest dog on the block. Sounds like a good book. Yeah, but <laughs> but it doesn't really explain like what happened. But if you go to scholastic.com/clifford, they sort of ba- like backfill oh, yeah. some of this lore. And the way that they phrase it is, um, when Emily Elizabeth got Clifford, he was the smallest puppy in the litter. And then the next page, the next like slide on this website is her talking to Clifford. And she says, Clifford, you have to eat up and get big and strong. But remember, I love you no matter what size you are, which feels like the most mm, passive aggressive, yeah. like oh, needling. That, like, that. Well, but she starts off by saying, Clifford, you have to eat up to get big and strong. And then says, but don't worry, I'll love you no matter what size yeah, you are. Yeah, that feels like the that's ultimate like, he- that's like, like hedge. That's like a parent who's like... You got to train to like get really good at soccer and win the soccer tournament. But don't worry, I'll love you even if you lose it. Right, but in this case, we know that Clifford becomes huge. Yeah, so her passive aggressive needling totally worked, and he was like, Clifford lives a life yeah, of like bad. insecurity and like 
abject fear <laughs> of being scorned by his owner because he because he's like, it's like I used to be tiny. I can't be tiny again. Yeah, exactly. I can't be tiny. Like, she needs me to be big and strong. Like she's she's so nice. She says she'd love me no matter what, but I know she really won't unless I get big and unless strong. Unless I get big and strong, I turn into a Cronenbergian house monster. <laughs> yeah. So Clifford is maybe neither a. So Clifford is existential horror. Yeah, it's like a psychological mm, like a psychodrama. Drama. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Clifford's interiority is is messed up mm-hmm. and real sad. Yeah. His and his So it's ex- more Aronofsky, really. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's, we go from the black swan to the big red dog. To the, the big red dog. <laughs> I was thinking if, if it was the sort of like super scientist spy fiction thing, maybe Clifford the big red dog is a crossover to the Americans uh, and he's actually some sort of misguided uh, Soviet propaganda. Yeah, sure. the, the red, red dog. dog. Yeah, he's a big red dog. The big red dog, yeah. yeah maybe. Gotcha. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. Maybe Clifford's sort of a... a prestige TV period piece in the making <laughs> in the style of Riverdale being the like uh, Archie Archie but okay. like teen yeah, crime yeah, noir yeah, yeah, thing yeah. we're gonna get yeah. uh, what if Clifford yeah. the Big Red Dog is in fact like a secret Soviet yeah. technology project but Emily, then, Emily but then Elizabeth, like the wrong kid adopted him or something yeah Emily Elizabeth is an unwitting handler of a of this of Soviet a super weapon deep implant Soviet <laughs> super weapon yeah red dog yes yeah yeah it That's is the, the hunt for the big red dog, is I think probably, <laughs> probably what it is. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we. So saw it's it. neither sci-fi or fantasy. It's spy fiction. Right. It's mm. John Le Carre's, uh, John Grisham's, Tom Clancy's, Tom Clancy's, the hunt for the big red dog. Yeah. 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 All right. Solved it. Figured it out. Nailed it. Uh, it would actually be just be all of those names, Clifford. It, one name, period. Oh, yeah, that's the mm. reboot for sure. Yeah. It's just Clifford. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. TV show for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sundays sh- on FX. Yeah. Should we endorse? Let's endorse sure. things. Cool. Nick, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to endorse stretching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Okay. No, I. Is this because of your incident? Well, yeah, caveat I don't stretch. <laughs> okay. But I uh, went to the gym a couple days ago and came back from the gym and uh, I was just walking around my house and I bent over to pick up a sock uh-huh. and felt what I, it is, it was the strangest feeling, like physical feeling I've ever felt in my life where a muscle just completely stopped working in my lower back and it felt like in my mind as it was happening, I could see it kind of, I could feel it happening. And I could see what like sort of the third person view of it was like. And yeah. in my mind, it was almost like my body just collapsed on itself, Oof. like just caved in half. Yeah, like a cliff, like a big cliff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a time. You grew too big for I your grew friend. too big. This is a time, by the way, when you were being scorned by your yeah, younger and older oh, self. Oh, yeah. Both oh, my o- God. Old you looks at you going, you think, you this, think is this is bad? You think this well, is bad? And yeah. young you goes, look at that no, old idiot. idiot. Well, that is, that is absolutely the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get on that rapids ride. Uh huh. When you were 33, it was a very bad year. Yes, because you threw out your back and were scorned. Uh, by but past not as but not as bad selves, as when right. you were 55 or 66. <laughs> say those versions In of which you. It was progressively worse. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so you endorse stretching. I enjoy stretching. It's, when I it's was important. every age, it was a very bad year. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. Anyway. So you endorse stretching. I do. I look forward to uh, an up- an endorsement update on this. Ten years mm. hence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just like next week. Next week. Sure. See if <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've never felt like it was that useful, but. Oh, yeah. How's I'm, that cold shower capper going, Chris? We already, this has already yeah. been up <laughs> <laughs> received an update on this. Oh, uh, that's true. Jake, what do you got? All right. I have a follow-up endorsement to my 
preview to one of my previous endorsements. This was actually sent in via reader and reminded me of it. I had seen it before. I endorsed uh, was it 80s.nyc, which is yep. that Street View uh, reconstruction of New York from the 1980s. Yep. And uh, Tyson wrote in reminding all of us of footage of New York City from the 1980s shot uh, on a sort of prototype or proposed high definition VHS format. So it was mm. shot in 1080i, I think. Like it, yeah. it's interlaced, that but it's still sense, like yeah. super crisp HD footage of New York City just around town in the 1980s and it's up on YouTube. Someone's put an HD upload of it on it was YouTube. The 80s? I thought it was 93. Oh, maybe I it's saw maybe, this as well. Oh, maybe it's Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. It was New York in 1993. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is so 90s. Oh my god. It is great it though. It is like late 80s early 90s fashion like women mm-hmm. with like the big yeah. shoulder, shoulder pad pads suits. And all it's stuff, really yeah. cool it's to see because you it's so rare to see HD video. Like, that's just a technology that was not used very often. Like, we yeah. see when you see high definition things that are old, it's because someone committed it to film and then it got rescanned recently as like a 4K or 8K scan and then you watch it on a Blu ray or a 1080 or whatever. But seeing, but, and also the comma, and also we are so used to seeing just New York City life as portrayed on video because of just every oh, sure. TV like show B roll yeah, footage yeah, yeah. from the 80s or 90s. Like, yeah. anytime, like, a Seinfeld establishing shot or whatever. You just you're used to seeing. Yeah. I mean, those were probably shot on like film, but you're, order yeah, or, but you're used to seeing it on your CRT television with sort of the artifacts that yeah. it's gone through the like '90s broadcast pipeline. So the weird combination of those of seeing, basically, as someone who didn't live in New York, my memory of New York is video of New York, but yeah, seeing totally. that crisp, like super crisp, is a really good experience. Like yeah. it just feels so much more specific and detailed, and not like just mushy. TV, you yeah. know, uh, and we'll link it in the show description, but it's just a good video of 93 New York in HD video. And like that paired with and that. some just f- fucking impossibly dorky white people. Yeah. It is like, I mean, as a white person, <laughs> God, it's painful how much white people just date themselves instantly. I mean, I say that. Oh, get ready. Get ready for the footage. For the scornful oh, fucking. The, the t- 2017 like DSLR footage of San Francisco life in the south of market is oh going to just God. be like, God. Ooh. Fuck off. Get ready. Yeah, get that Get that fucking street view shit <laughs> going so we can all scorn ourselves. Look at, oh. Ten, I mean, I scorn it now. Those so. beards. Ugh. Oh, what a disaster! Anyway, um, but yeah, that 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 ninety three New York City was. Or it's really was, good. Was, it's really, really cool. good stuff to watch. Just, yeah. it's it's just a slice of culture that everyone <sighs> has had, sort of just pushed on them because of just yeah, the TV sitcoms and crime yeah. shows from there. So, but you never see it looking in this particular like this yeah. aesthetic is a super rare one to yeah. to catch. On the you know this isn't my endorsement, but I, I'm kind of I guess I'm going to sort of just side endorse endorse it. Chained onto yours. Have you guys seen the Deuce? The new show by uh, yeah. David Simon and uh, George Pelicanos, who created and wrote for The Wire. Uh, it is it's about New York. It's about New York's uh, sort of Times Square area and associated it's like um, all kind of prostitution of, and pornography yeah. um, activity in the seventies. And I've only seen the pilot so far, uh, but it's really cool. And they recreated that kind of series of blocks of New York in 
an incredible amount of detail down to like the movies showing on the marquee, theater marquees and stuff. And it's really, really just cool. The amount of this, the way that the streets are aged and all of the storefronts yeah. and all of the way that the lighting works and everything else about it. Yeah, the production design on that show is very mm-hmm. ridiculous. So we got 80s.nyc, a 70s New York television show, and a 90s sort of HD VHS VHS <laughs> clip show. So yeah. um, there you got your your decades of New York. Um, my endorsement is also a follow-up to a past endorsement of mine, and I'm actually going to um, I am going to to build it on top of an email that we got actually from Jordan, who writes your endorsement of sardines last episode made me think about anchovies and how delicious they are. As a child, I avoided anchovies at all costs because I thought they were disgusting. I thought they were disgusting only because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles made sure to point out that they were disgusting every time they ordered pizza. This opinion lasted for at least 25 years of my life until I actually tried them as an adult and realized how betrayed I was. Have you ever been tricked by a turtle conspiracy into hating a very specific food for a very specific reason or perhaps some other non-turtle form of kid-focused media? I am going to endorse anchovies <laughs> because they. this email is totally correct. Anchovies is one of those foods that gets like, so along with spinach and kind of, they would say broccoli. Um, Brussels sprouts. Brussels lima sprouts. Beans. Yeah, lima, lima beans, beans is a good one. There's an, like an entire sort of sub-industry of entertainment aimed at like convincing kids that these <clears> things <throat> are terrible, which like, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's based on yeah, average taste of children to begin with. Well, but I, like it can push you into an even more extreme assumption God. than you might otherwise have. And anchovies, <laughs> I, I legitimately am endorsing them because I've gotten into anchovies in the last, I would say, year or so. You can get a little glass jar of anchovies from your supermarket that'll keep for a long time and is resealable. And the thing that is great about anchovies is that they can be, they are basically like an incredible flavor enhancer for other foods. If you take a couple anchovy fillets, when you're sauteing something, you've got your oil and your garlic and your like onions or whatever you're like doing in your skillet, in case you're gonna, you know, I don't know, uh, saute up your chicken breasts or thighs or whatever you're doing, um, put, before you put your meat in or your fish or whatever else, Put in a couple anchovy fillets, kind of break them up in the oil with a wooden spoon or spatula, and they will kind of like infuse this delicious savory flavor into the oil and surrounding things. And at the end, it, it'll it'll like seep into everything. And at the end of your meal, they don't when you eat it, it doesn't taste like fish or anchovies. It's just this incredible it's like, like fish sauce. Yeah, it's like this incredible, rich, savory, just booster. That is the only pitch that I have ever heard that will make me want to eat an anchovy because whenever I try them, I don't like them. Mm. I, I questioned my Ninja Turtles uh, uh, related yeah, thing. Yeah, I went, yeah. ah, you know, I still don't yeah, like Yeah, I'm not a fan. I would, I would recommend that if you try <clears> them <throat> sort of straight, rinse them off to, to like get rid of some of the excess salt because that's a pretty intense yeah. component. I mean, I love straight up like, like a real Caesar salad that actually has anchovies in it and everything. That's great. But- if you're just if you're just not into it, use anchovies in your regular cooking. I'll actually, you know what? I will actually recommend a specific recipe that I found on the New York Times for cooking chicken with anchovies. That's what turned me on to this in general. Now I just always have a jar of them in my fridge, and it's a great recipe. Uh, and it will just it it really does just totally boost the flavor of everything. So uh, you can scorn your young self for 
turning a blind eye to I, this delicious food enhancer. I have a follow-up endorsement to your endorsement. Oh, okay, man. We're just one-upping each other. Well, okay, because I've become depressed from your endorsement. So, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Once you've taken some things that you were told as a kid were lame through media, such as anchovies or another food that you discover you like, yeah, uh, go and maybe reassess uh, some other childhood opinions, such as the public school system is bad and your teachers are out to get you and are the gatekeepers <laughs> of all knowledge and responsibility. Yeah. Rethink some other things that were drilled into you by 90s Nickelodeon that you've somehow continued to hold as an adult parent with your own children. Wow. <laughs> serious, serious shit. Yeah. Dropped by Jake here. No, I, I can't agree. abide I mean, I, that shit. Sorry. No, I, I totally I, I totally. <laughs> so agree. step I, one, eat an anchovy. And then step two, uh, scorn your past self. Like, just <laughs> fucking go for it. Man, this episode really came together with a theme. Um, I endorse your endorsement, I guess. <laughs> Um, totally into it. Uh, scorning all our past. What selves. I'm trying to say is, you know nothing, Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for listening to Important <laughs> If True, a garbage thing that you shouldn't ever listen to. Um, oh, sorry, but you'll reassess that in a couple years yeah, and realize yeah, that it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Put us aside for a few episodes. Don't do that. Scorn that. What am I talking about? Thanks for listening to Important If True. If you have a question for us, you have any uh, sort of problems you're dealing with, anything uh, on which you need our consultation, advice, or answers, you can send those to questions at importantiftrue.com, and we will do our best. Our website is importantiftrue.com, and there you can find all the places that we reside on the Internet. You can subscribe to the show, um, find our forums, and discuss these episodes with uh, other listeners. And if you do like the show, please consider telling a friend or rating us on iTunes. It really helps us out, especially telling other people about the show. Direct recommendations are really the only way we have to spread the word. So with that, that is it for this episode. <clears throat> Important if true, Jake is giving me a sign. I have a, I, I have a proposed slogan replacement uh-huh. uh, to destroy Stay Spicy, uh-huh. which is uh, remember the difference between hoist and host is I. Whoa! <laughs> Very good. There you go, Chris. Very good. All right. I've been well, working on that. You know, you've been workshopping that no, one I, privately. I, I accidentally thought of it the other day. Wrote it down. <laughs> and just saw it on my phone. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, for Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. And Jake, the difference. Stay spicy. What is it anyway? God damn it! What is it with ball flies? Mm. What's the deal with boy bites? What is it? Uh, Morphed boy bite with ball fly. A clock. (laughs) (laughs) And this (laughs) is ball fly. Is (laughs) I'm boy bite. I'm morph. Roto Matt C G Bowser or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It. With accompanying mats. <laughs> That's the name of our uh, retro uh, like video compositing podcast on which all of the hosts' names are mats. <laughs> <laughs> or if you guys both were named Matt. Right, yeah. <laughs> and you were named Bullfly. Yeah.
morphed boy bite with the, uh, with the accompanying mats. With the accompanying mats. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Gross. It's October 5th, 2017. And...